In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, God needs nothing. And even more, God doesn't need to do anything. And if God did nothing, he would still be God. He was God before he ever created this world, and he would remain God even if it never existed. And he was God for an eternity before this world began, so he doesn't actually need it. He doesn't need this world. And also, if God chose to leave us alone in our sin, he chose to take away his word from us, and he chose to never speak to us or look at us again, he would still be just good and holy as he has ever been. If you don't believe me, read Psalm 22. You could write that down and read it at home. Uh, this, this psalm talks about uh, God, forsaking, uh, this, uh, God forsaking the psalmist, right? But, but this is a psalm of Christ. And that even though the psalmist, even though Christ is forsaken, he says, yet you're holy. But read that on your own time. But learn that God doesn't need this world. He doesn't need the angels of heaven. And he doesn't need you. And he doesn't need me for anything. God would still be as awesome and majestic and glorious even if we were to vanish in this very moment and cease to be in his memory. So God doesn't need us for anything and he doesn't need to do anything for us either. Who is there to command him? Right? Who is there above him? Who can give him orders? Who can give him advice? Who can tell him what to do or obligate him to do something or work or to act? He doesn't need or need to do anything, he's free to do whatever he wants. And with all that being said, today, Jesus says something seemingly contradictory to everything that we know about him. He says something that, that's at the same time shocking and very subtle. It's so subtle, in fact, that if you weren't paying attention, I'm certain that you missed it in the gospel reading for today. Uh, so to be honest, I've preached this text about eight times already uh, for the first Sunday of Advent and also for Palm Sunday as it comes up twice in the historic lectionary. And I've never really stopped to notice this before. But the gospel text said that when Jesus drew near to Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples to go into the village to bring him uh, a donkey and her colt. And then Jesus says this, If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them. The Lord needs them. So what is going on here? God doesn't need you or me, but he needs a donkey for some reason. The Lord of all creation who freely fed thousands of people with a few loaves of bread, who calmed storms with his voice, who healed the sick and the dying, he needs a beast of burden for some apparent reason. And for what? Why does he need this? Why does he speak this way about a donkey? Well, listen to what the prophecy from Zechariah 9 says about this very day. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation as he humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So hopefully you see why Jesus says he needs what he needs today. He needs the donkey and the colt 
not as an end in and of itself, but as a means to something more important for him. He doesn't need them for himself. He needs them for you. He needs the donkey so that he can go to Jerusalem. And he needs to go to Jerusalem because he needs to be despised on the cross. It's necessary. And he needs to die on the cross so that he can give you the righteousness and salvation that he has. And he needs to give you that salvation and righteousness. Why? Not because he has to. Not because he owes you or not because even you asked for it. He needs to give you that salvation because he promised to give you that salvation. See, God only needs to do what he himself has promised to do. The promises he freely makes to you are at the same time demands that he heaps upon himself. No one commands God, but he does command himself. He does bind himself. What God decides to do, and when he make, decides to make you a promise by his own volition, entirely of his own free will, he's also freely tying himself down to the very word that he is speaking to you. So when God freely tells you what he wants to do for you, he is willingly constraining himself to accomplish what he said. For you, it becomes a promise. But for him, it's a necessity. Because he binds himself to his word. His word cannot be broken. So this is the reason why Jesus said he needs the colt and the donkey. And elsewhere in scripture, when Jesus goes to be baptized by John, and John says, no, I'm going to prevent you from doing this. And then Jesus responds saying, no, for it is necessary for us to fulfill all righteousness. And this is also why Jesus says of his own death, his own impending doom, he says, the Son of Man must, he must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day resurrect. He needs to and must do all these things to save you. Not because you're a good person, not because you are worthy of it, not because your sins aren't really that bad or aren't really that big of a deal, not because he owes you one, but he needs to and he must do all these things because he has so graciously promised to do them for you. So, when God made you the promise that he would be with you, he bound himself to those words, doing the very thing by taking on flesh and lying down in a manger. And when God made you the promise that he would win you back to himself, he bound himself to his word by facing the devil alone in the wilderness, facing every temptation thrown his way. And when God made you the promise that he would take away all of your sins, that he would give you eternal life, that he would crush the head of the devil, what did he do? He bound himself to doing that very thing. As he bound himself hand and foot to the cross with nails and a spear. And as he poured out the blood that he had in his heart for you. And when God made you the promise that he would wipe away every single one of your tears. He bound himself to his word by walking out of the tomb and promising you the same exact end. Life everlasting and resurrection in the flesh. 
Everything he promised, he accomplished and is accomplishing and will accomplish for you on that day. So, dear saints, during this Advent season, as you await the Advent of your dear Lord, remember well that God became a man to fulfill his every word to you. Remember that God became flesh to make every promise he made to you come true. And that not one word of his will be broken or lost. So cling to everything he has said. Remember how loving and kind-hearted your dear Lord is. The one who needs to do nothing gladly came down from heaven. Who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven. And did everything for your sake. Remember that he didn't create you because he needed to. But he created you because he wanted to. Because he loved you. Remember that he didn't redeem you because of your love for him. But rather because of his love for you. Which never wavers. Which never changes. God binds himself to his act. Not because of anything outside of him. Not because of any outside force. But it was love. The love that was in him. That compelled him to do everything he did. The love that was in him that, that compelled him to give up his breath. The love that was in him that uh, uh, compelled him to drop every uh, ounce of blood from his body. This is the reason he did it. And he did it for you, for your sake. Because he loves you. Before you could love him, he loved you first. Before you could do anything for him, he did everything for you. He made you. He saved you. He redeemed you because he bound himself to his promise To give you eternal life. So dear Christians, bind yourself to the word that God speaks to you today. Because God binds himself to that same exact word. Amen. Love caused your incarnation. Love brought you down to me. Your thirst for my salvation procured my liberty. O love beyond all telling that led you to embrace. In love, O love excelling, a lost and fallen race. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.